We will talk about Joe Polad's comments. We will get the temperature of spring training. We'll talk about Buxton and Correa. I also want to talk about uh, uh, not only the backup center field job for the Twins in spring training, I want to talk about the fact that I think Major League Baseball and maybe even to some extent the Twins kind of blew it this offseason. This was a very boring uh, offseason, and you're watching the NFL continue to boost its popularity by having fascinating offseasons. We've seen the NBA have more interesting offseasons than regular seasons. I feel like baseball has fallen behind in the speculation and an off-season intrigue department. Let's get into that. This is Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. The lineup today, Roy Smalley, former twin star, current twins broadcaster. Lavelle Enil III, Star Tribune columnist. I'm Jim Suhan, also from the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We want to th- thank TSR Injury Law and also Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops Clothing Line. Uh, that's been highlighted on John Krasinski's show on this network. Uh, the, the If you do want to look at Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops clothing line, go there and use the promo code JohnK20, J-O-N-K-20, to get a big discount courtesy of TalkNorth.com. This is TalkNorth.com. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. And if you like other shows at TalkNorth.com, and we have a great sports lineup, great outdoor lineup, and variety shows, uh, please subscribe. We do appreciate it. So let's let's start with the hot topic of the day, which is that Joe Polad uh, did an interview in which he said that uh, basically they didn't have money to spend this offseason, and that's really not going to change going to spring, even though there are some intriguing free agents around Major League Baseball. Uh, Let's start with uh, Lavelle on this topic. How are people reacting, and how should people react? Well, I think they should be uh, disappointed, but I don't think it should be to the extent where, you know, they're screaming about, uh, they need to sell the team. Uh, I'm not going to spend any money on them if they're not going to spend any money on the team. Um, I looked at, I think I researched it a little bit yesterday. I think there were seven teams that did not make the playoffs that spent more than the Twins did last year. Ultimately, it comes down to making good baseball decisions. Yes, it's great to have money. And yes, it's great to be able to fill holes if you have the financial flexibility to do so. But uh, the backbone of most teams in baseball is uh, scouting and development. And the Twins last year were a shining example of that, except for a rotation. They had to make trades uh, to assemble. But once again, it was because they had assets to trade. So people get focused on money uh, It was in baseball more than the other sports. Um, baseball is the only sport that has big market and small market teams, it seems like. Um, but, yes, I would love to see them add on to, after what they did last year. Um, but it's not realistic, and it's not realistic to expect the poll ads to just uh, sell the farm in order to sell out and try to win a championship. Uh, the Padres did that, and now that the owner has passed away, they're liquidating uh, assets here. Businessmen own teams uh, because they're good businessmen, and they, that means they make good business decisions. And that is not going to change in most cases. In most cases, uh, it's not going to change when you uh, have a, a baseball team. And I, I I don't know. I just I I get I get the uh, disappointment, but I don't know. It should be full fledged anguish, right? Yeah, I don't have a lot to add to that. I think uh, Lavelle just you know clicked off all the uh, all the right notes there. Uh, it's um, the on an individual basis for a team. It, it's their decisions are based on what they need and how much money they have. And the Twins have a real uncertainty about the you know one of the biggest sources of revenue uh and that's the the uh the, 
the TV uh, situation, broadcast revenue situation, and and um, it's it's down, and they and they know it, and they've got to. It's just a reality they have to deal with. You know, my and I'll summarize my stance on this in the modern poll ad uh, era. Obviously, I I did not like the way Carl shut down the business in the late '90s and played studio baseball and didn't try to draw fans, didn't try to win games. Uh, I thought that was wrong. In the modern poll ad era. Uh, where they, you know, play in a nice ballpark. They spend, you know, a median amount of money on players. I, would I like to see the poll ads spend more money? Sure. It's such an easy thing to say, right? Yeah, please go spend your money. I would love that. That'd be great. Uh, but the reason I don't get deep in this into this subject is it's such a dead end. You know, it's it's like okay, okay, the poll ads spend more money. Okay, what else do you add to that? Okay, the poll, the, I, I don't, it's like the, so many people love to scream about the poll ads and about the spending while ignoring more important things like, are you drafting well? Are you developing well? Are you winning games? Do you have talent? Do you have a good roster? It, it To me, it's almost a distraction from the real business of baseball. Lavelle? Yeah, I agree. I, I, it's weird because, you know, um, uh, my book, The History of the Twins franchise, was coming out in, on June 11th. And, you know, I basically used the whole contraction chapter to write about how the Polads will own the team. And they do, they've done some good things. You know, um, they were able to preserve the team when they when they bought it from Calvin Griffith, what Carl did. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that went on in the middle part, uh, especially with tearing down the roster contraction and all that. They did get target field built, and it's a shining example to – uh, to baseball in this region. So in between some of the good things they did, there's some shaky things that, you know, warranted, warranted criticism. Um, so um, I, I totally understand that, but for the most part, um, the two thousands, they were competitive. They're getting competitive again. Now um, I, it, it's a bad, that's what baffles me sometimes about fans that the team just won the division and they're still are favored to win the division this year. And they're still bad. And they want a playoff series. Yes. Yeah, I had somebody, Lavelle, I had somebody in our business the other day say, God, I don't know why people just don't boycott. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They won a, <laughs> they won the division and won a playoff series last year with their two best players injured. Uh, they have, a, a, they should win the division again this year. And if they do with that bullpen and with an ace and Lopez, they'll have a chance to win another playoff series. Target field is beautiful. The game day experience is excellent. Uh, the idea that you would boycott just because you don't think the poll ads spend X amount to me is it's self-defeating. Roy, your thoughts? I, well, it absolutely is. And uh, and your point's really well taken. It's a dead end. Where do you go? Poll ads just spend more money. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Oh, thank, thank you for your input. You know, yeah. I mean, where do you, where do you go uh, with that? And I would just say, uh, yeah, could, could they – uh, jump up and should they jump up and sign one of the the uh, starters that uh, are out there? Should they, you know, what about, you know, Bellinger, you know, all of that stuff. But in where when you get to what, what you guys are just talking about, how competitive they are, what the farm system looks like, you know, who's coming up, what questions that they have in terms of, you know, what if what if the Byron Buxton question is answered um, with, uh, with 
fantastic performance in 130 games. I mean, a lot of things go away. Uh, and, and that's an asset that you have sitting there that, you know, that you have to wait and, and see. And when you're in a position that is this strong, you can't, I think it would be foolish, not only from a business perspective, well, from a business perspective, from a baseball perspective, to go out and try to add somebody until uh, you absolutely have to. I think that's what's going to what's going to happen is they'll see where they are in June, and if they're as good as what they could be, uh, maybe they're going to say, "Okay, this is it. Here's a player. Here's here's a trade we can make, or here's a player." Uh, we can get that it will really uh, that is not a division winning situation. It's a deeper in the playoff situation. But until then, uh, they've got a pretty good ball club. They've got a lot of stuff going in their uh, in their way. And I, I think when you talk about how one of the most important things to do, making personnel decisions is way more important than we're just going to find. We're just going to spend some more money. Uh, sometimes the personnel decisions are, boy, that guy's pretty good, but not at that price. And I, and I think for the team right now, where they are, that's, that's the situation they've got. Here's the other question I have on this topic. Um, and this is more art than science. Uh, do you think the people who scream about the poll ads so loudly and threaten to boycott the team, is that the angry Minnesota sports fan who wouldn't, wasn't going to go to the ballpark anyway? Or is that the core? Do you think that's the core twins fan? Lavelle? Uh, I don't think it's the core twins fan. I think hey, it's funny. Uh, someone, I don't know if this was recent. I don't know if it was last year, but like the the owner of the Reds was asked about how come you're not going to spend money. Um, he said, we just can't afford it. And they were like, well, are you worried about fans, fan backlash? He was like, no, because they're Reds fans. They're still going to be Reds fans, you know. Mm-hmm. I still I think that that goes for a lot of the Twins fans. They love baseball. They love coming to the ballpark. They love the the, the game experience, and they hope that the the team wins. I I just think there's a Minnesota con- contrarian sports fan that just always wants to uh, be upset about something. They will be they will complain about who's the third string left tackle on the Vikings. They'll be upset that the the fourth line isn't strong. In hockey, you know, they're mad right now because they don't have like a 22-year-old version of Mike Conley Jr. on the roster for the Wolves. I think just some people who just like being contrarian and never are rarely happy unless the team is winning. So, um, But even if the team wins, then they they want – they're not happy unless the next step is taken. And if they do win, then the question is, you know, why didn't you do more to win more? I mean – Basically, the only there, there is a, a to me a segment of the fan base that's going to be angry unless they win the World Series, and then will resume being angry that they aren't prepared to win the next World Series. Agreed. Look, look. There's a there are three in, in my in my view there are three uh, strata of Twins fans. There's the core fan base that you're that you're talking about, and I agree with Lavelle. You know, they're not the ones that are screaming within that strata of core fan base. You know, there's there's a, you know, kind of a, a, a continuum. There's a I'm just happy to be here. It's a beautiful place. It's you know, it's it's all those things we're talking about And down to, you know, I gosh, it just seems like they could do a little bit more. 
but I'm going to support them, you know, I, I, spend more money or, you know, make more trade, do whatever. I, I, I wish they were winning more, whatever it is, but I'm, I'm still, I'm still a fan. Then there's the middle strata of people that tend more toward the core fan base, but they're, but they want to have analysis ability. They want to be able to say they should do this. They should do that. I'm disappointed that they're not doing this, but they're not going away. And part of their deal is uh, they want to have that uh, general manager uh, role uh, from their, you know, from their homes and their seats at the park. And they, they say, look, I'm a big fan, but you should have done this and you should have done that. And I'm, and I'm really kind of upset you didn't, but they're coming back and they're watching on television. And then there's a third strata that is just <clears throat> that are people that are going to, you know, are going to gripe uh, no matter what, because that's the way they, you know, they, they feel what they feel like uh, doing. And it, and it, get it, it's like it's an affront to them. If they start feeling like they want to be twins fans, they want to come to games and then the twins don't win or they don't do what uh, they they're quote supposed to do in free agency or whatever. And then, then it's punishment. Well, you hurt my feelings. So I'm going to punish you by saying all these things and boycotting, uh, you know, and a part, part of that strata is just plain dumbass. Like the person that you mentioned, which is like, why don't you boycott after, after getting, after winning the division, having a thrilling win in the first round of the playoffs. And then that's as far as they go and they haven't spent any money in free agency. Well, that's a boycott. Well, that's just a dumbass. That's, that's the third strata. And there's a subset of, of dumbass in there. I love the way Roy uses dumbass. Uh, let's absolutely. Let's let's get to a corollary of this, which is that even though I don't want to spend a lot of time bitching about the poll ads because I think it's a dead end, I do think baseball in general needs to have more interesting off seasons. Let's get into that first. Though we want to let you know where we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. We want to thank TSR Injury Law, sponsor of many shows on the network, including the John Krasinski Show, one of our most favorite, one of our most popular shows. Uh, just remember this: six one two TSR time if you're ever injured. Call 612-TSR-TIME. They'll take good care of you. They will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why they're such a great Minnesota business success story. They could take good care of people. Also, want to let you know about Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops Clothing Line. Reminder, the promo code JohnK20, J-O-N-K-20. Scott for Aquarius, wishing you a happy new year. The new year often means a fresh start. How about your furnace? Does it need a fresh start? It's been working hard, and we all know there's a lot of winter left to go. With your safety and comfort as our top priority, Aquarius Home Services is offering $98 off any furnace repair. Be worry-free with your furnace. We're here to help, and just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. So my corollary to the poll ad discussion is I do think that baseball blew it this offseason. You had Shohei Otani, maybe the most fascinating free agent in baseball history, and his representatives didn't want speculation. They put out disinformation. They tried to dis- they tried to keep that process from being as interesting as it could have been or should have been. We had a lot of teams like the Twins that are very good, very interesting, not but do much in free agency. I just think the sport as a whole would benefit from staying in the news all offseason. And Falvey talked about this recently, said, hey, we should have more free agency and trade movement in 
November, December, keep people interested. I feel like the Twins hit this incredible peak uh, of fan interest and intrigue with that very interesting stretch run and playoff run. And then everything got almost shut down until they, until they made a couple of moves later in the off season. If you want to take a, a, if you want to take any lessons from the NFL's rise to dominant popularity is that they don't have any months where they aren't injecting themselves into the news cycle. Let's start with Lavelle on this one. Sounds like you're, you want uh, a signing deadline. Is that what you're headed with this? I don't know that I want it to be legislated as much yeah. as I want just more activity early. I don't know. I don't know that I want a rule in place. I would just like to see teams be more active uh, in the early months of the off season and keep the intrigue going. And I also think that agents who should care about the health of the sport should want Shohei Otani or the top free agents. They should want those speculation about those players to reach the levels that we see for average quarterbacks in the NFL, where people ESPN does entire days of coverage on nothing just so they can talk about the Cowboys or talk about Justin Fields or talk about the draft. They, they will take absolutely no new developments and turn it into a full day of speculation that people will watch. Baseball now, does not do that. That's why they're relevant. That's why the NFL is relevant 365 days a year yep. because of that. I think, yeah, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if it's fair to put uh, a signing deadline because I think players have a right to do whatever they can to make as much money, as much money as they can, because you're only a free agent so many times in a career. I get that. Um, but both sides are playing such a slow game right now. Like these four of the top 10 free agents are Scott Boris clients, for Christ's sakes. So he's waiting, waiting out, thinking someone's going to cave. Teams wait out, thinking that players going to come come down to their uh, levels. Um, I don't want to legislate it, but I do think that well, I do think something needs to be done here. I also, but also needs to be provisions as well. I still remember the year in which uh, the Twins discovered in spring training that Eric Milton was out for the year because of a bad knee, and they had uh, the insurance money available from uh, Milton. They were able to bring Kenny Rogers in in the middle of uh, middle of March, I believe. You know, so I think there needs to be some provisions for teams to be able to make emergency type moves. But I wish there would be a couple of periods where um, people are both both sides looking at a deadline to deal with. I also think that, and the league can do this, Manfred can do this, encourage teams to leak more information during during the winter meetings age between the between the general managers meetings and through the end of the winter meetings. Teams should be more uh, uh, upfront about what they're doing and who they're looking at just to spur conversation and talk and, and speculation. So um, that's one thing I, I wish Manfred would kind of encourage his team uh, teams to do is to, you know, get, be, give the media the best way to give the media that the best way to handle the media is to give it information. And so I think they should be giving it more information just to, to generate a little more off season juice. I agree with what you guys are saying. The, the premise being, they came up with the Twins specifically and baseball in general. Came off a great postseason with the Twins. It would have been great to have a bunch of information, at least, floating around uh, this hot stove league. Uh, baseball came off an exciting – I thought the playoffs in World Series were great. Uh, I, I thought baseball was riding high when, it, when that was all over. And then, you know, black hole. So And, and so other than uh, Otani, and Otani was just like – Nobody knows anything. Oh, look at this deal. He's got all the defend them. It was about deferred money uh, in the contract. So, I mean, I get it. 
and I and I wish it were different. But in some ways, I I think it's a it's a problem without a solution um, it, it, because of you know the things that you're talking about. I mean, I, you can't make a bad deal for the sake of the industry being you know being more exciting in in the wintertime. So the I, I think a better idea is Lavelle's, where just you start leaking information, you know, to, but but then you you get into negotiation problems and you get into hurt player feelings uh, about well, wait a minute, why do they want this guy? That's my position, um, and I I just think it's a I, I get what you're saying. I don't see a, uh, a a real clear way to have that be uh, be different. I I just, I just don't see it. Yeah, I'm sure the Dodgers designated hitter was worried about Otani joining the team. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's not—it's it, not just that. It's the—it's the players that worry as a result. Okay, if this—if this guy's going here, it, it might not even be in my position. But what's, you know, but but am I the? Are they are they talking about trading me? You know, I mean, I I, I will tell you from somebody that had been got traded a few times, it's not it's not fun. All that speculation is not fun for players. Oh, I'm sure it's not. Um, I'm guessing families too. Well, I would too. say one thing: the only the only time it was fun for me is after one year in the big leagues. I, I was playing second base for the Rangers. I, I felt like out of position. I got traded to Minnesota to, to play shortstop, and uh, when that rumor, rumor started going around, it's like I almost I almost couldn't come to the ballpark. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, I might have buried the lead. I wanted to get to all the poll ad and offseason stuff, but I might have buried the lead. The, the lead to our show uh, in terms of impact on the 2024 Twins is probably that Byron Buxton doesn't have any pain in his knee and is going to play center field, we think. Roy, let's start with, that, with you on this one. That's the whole deal. It is the whole deal. I mean, the, it, there's there are really only four question marks uh, to me uh, three of which could be answered. Uh, we, we can maybe expect to be answered in the extremely positive affirmative, and uh, we'll see about the fourth. Number one is uh, is Byron Buxton's health. Can he play 120 or 30 games in center field? Can he re- regain his uh, his explosive offense? Um, and, and by the way, what question one A, one B, one C, and one D. See question one. I mean, it's all about Byron for me uh, on this team because he makes such a difference. Uh, it, it everything changes by fifty percent to positive if if he's playing at least. Uh, second question is uh, Carlos Correa: is, Can he um, regain the offensive form? I think probably he uh, will. Third question: Is Royce Lewis going to be the real deal? Uh, we've talked about that uh, uh, before a lot. Uh, I think that I think that he will. So I mean, then the last one is, can they pitch well enough in the starting staff to get to the bullpen? Where you know where you've got a couple of guys pitching uh, okay, and the other three getting to the bullpen with the lead or in a tie ball, ball game. And I think there's a pretty good chance of that as well. But I, again, all of that other stuff. The filter is Byron Buxton. It all it all goes through uh, that filter. And if he is uh, playing 120 or 30 games in center field, the other things start get start getting positive really easily. I want 
Byron Buxton do play in a few spring training games, and then I would have him put on either a rubber suit or wrap him in a bubble wrap and leave him alone <laughs> for the rest of spring training and open him up on opening day. All right. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's really promising that he's feeling as good as he is. Um, there's some indications that just standing in the outfield, just standing in the outfield last year was hard for him to do without experiencing some pain. So with him being healthy and uh, he, he sounds like a man that's just been let out of jail. <laughs> if you read the comments, he feels like a free man here. So I want to see Buxton unleashed. I do not want to see, I don't want, I don't want to risk any chance of him uh, getting dinged up in spring training and stopping this momentum that he's trying to build. So I'd be very careful uh, with, with using him, but uh, this is a great sign. Um, you know, it, it's amazing because when he had that surgery right after the season and I checked in with uh, the Buxton camp, they said he immediately felt better. Like it was better than it, it did the entire year. So it's too bad this Plyka thing couldn't have been taken care of like during the season. To be honest with you, why why did we mess with this if they knew what he had? Maybe we should should have taken care of this in May or June. I don't know. Um, then he uh, then you know he would have been able to get through that sooner. But it is what it is. I just want to see him on the field playing. I think it's uh, great for the organization. And once again, for the Twins naysayers, um, they did what they did with Correa and Bucks. And I think they combined for two WAR. All year, I think that's what they're. I think so. They were last year, just like a two point whatever war. And um, if those guys play up to their capabilities, then they're four war players, and that makes a major difference. And that may be light on that as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think a healthy Buxton and you know everything else they have in place is is ninety plus wins and winning the division and and being having a real chance to to win more playoff series. Um, all right, let's get a final thought from everybody. Uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, love doing this show. I think it's gonna be a fascinating season, no matter what the payroll number actually is. Uh, let's get a final thought from each of our gentlemen. Let's start again with Lavelle. Huh? Final thought. Um, well, we kind of talked about it. I was going to complain about them. Well, here, here's a final thought. Um, if Brooks Lee looks good in spring training, what are the twins going to do? Um, is the future Twins infield has, does it have Eduardo Julian at first, Lee at second, Correa at short, and Royce Lewis at third? And if that's the case, maybe they should be considering a trade of Alex, Alex Kirilov to start that process now. Um, he could, he could, uh, Julian could play first base and swap a little bit with Carlos Santana. Santana is a good defensive first baseman. You know, even at 38, he'll probably be better than what Kirilov would be at first. Um, so I wonder if there's a trade of Kirilov out there, uh, like, especially if 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 Lee flashes in camp. Um, I think he flashed last year, and Correa was like, this guy's going to be a, a major hitter. Uh, if he flashes again at camp, is he ready? Um, and do we should the Twins be more proactive in putting together what they believe is the infield of the future? I'm going to piggyback on uh, the Brooks Lee comment from uh, Lavelle there. I'm going to be really interested to see how much he plays, where he plays, how much of a chance uh, they really give him. I, I think we'll be able to see, and Lavelle, you know this better than I, but I think we're going to be able to see what they're, what the Twins are thinking by how many times they uh, run Brooks Lee out there and in, at, you know, at what spot. Um, I don't think he's going to be just picking up Royce Lewis at third or, or Correa at short at end of the game. I, I, think he's going to, I think he's going to be playing some. and I, I'm going to be by some, I mean a, a lot. And I'll be really interested to see 
how they manage Kirilov, Julian, Buxley in spring training. I, that's going to be really, really fascinating to me. It's like, what, what does Brooks Lee have to do in the, whatever role they give him to flat, to use Lavelle's term, to flash? Uh, obviously, he's got a hit, but I'm just really interested in the three men for two positions uh, on the right side of the field and how they're going to address that in spring training. Yeah, good stuff, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, my final thought will be a little out of bounds here. Uh, I'm wondering, and I want your opinions on this, do you think baseball will work in Las Vegas if the A's end up moving to Las Vegas? Because, I, you know, the WNBA has been a big success there, uh, the, but they've also been very good. The Raiders, the NFL, to me, fits perfectly into the, the Vegas ethos. I just don't know if people in Vegas, in Nevada, or people coming into town to – party and gamble and do whatever you do in Vegas are going to go want to watch a three hour baseball game. I just don't know if that really hits it. Uh, Lavelle, you've been to Vegas a million times. What do you think? Here's my thing, Jim. I think it could work. Um, I just, the, the fact that they're even contemplating putting a stadium on this trip is troubling to me. Uh, one of the busiest uh, through affairs in the, in the world with thousands, maybe millions of people going up and down the strip every day, ridiculous traffic. Um, even though you look across the street from Planet Hollywood and you see the Bellagio, it's still going to take you a 20 minute walk to get over there. You know, and the fact they want to put one on the strip, just I just it doesn't compute well with me. The mayor of Las Vegas has come out and said, you know, the A's want to go on this strip. We told them if they want to go toward you know old downtown Vegas, we could get them 60 acres, maybe more than that. Then um, the A's could do a heck of a lot of that. And. Going to old downtown Vegas isn't the worst thing in the world. It's a pretty cool place with a lot of nostalgia um, that would be a draw. But, man, um, Oakland A's, a major league baseball team, having a stadium near the strip, I just I, I just, I don't, I just don't th- I think the human traffic and the vehicular traffic are, are too pop problematic for something like that to, to work. I've not been to Vegas a lot. It's it's not my scene, so I, I have to defer to Lavelle. But I I have two thoughts. First of all, uh, there's a hockey team there that's that's done pretty well. Too. I'm sorry, hockey. I forgot to mention the hockey team, which has done extremely well too. Yes. Right. All right. So and and I kind of get the the you know the you know black and silver you know swashbuckling pirate raiders in Vegas. I mean that I agree. That's that seems like. That seems like kind of a kind of a fit. Um, I, I just and hockey doing well. I think that bodes well for maybe baseball could. I mean, what is there about hockey that you would immediately think? Oh, sure, let's you know Vegas. That's perfect. I mean, I I just don't I don't see that. And they're doing they're doing pretty well. So maybe there's a chance. My other thought is if, if what is your definition of success? Um, is it if <laughs> If it's uh, can they do better than they do in Oakland? Well, then move them there by all means. It's right. going to be better than that. No, uh, there's no doubt about that. You're right. And, and so uh, the interest that Lavelle has uh, he's has piqued my interest about about this about on the strip or not because I don't know the area. But what I'm thinking about is people in Vegas saying, "Okay, what are we going to do?" You know, I mean, there's some people that are going to do 18 hours at, at the tables and and the slots, but I mean. 
most people are going there, they're gambling, they're going out to dinner, I think, if I'm right. They're going to shows. You know, what do they do, you know, during the day? What do they do on, you know, nights when, they, you know, they don't feel like doing the same thing they've been doing? With all the people that go into Vegas, I mean, I think if you've got just a baseline of, of core fans, you could draw a lot of visitors just on, you know, on one nighters when they let's go see a ball game instead of instead of going to see this or that show. And that's when I get to Lavelle and say, I don't have I have no idea. It seems like it'd be pretty cool to have a beautiful stadium right on the strip and have walk in traffic galore just because it's it's so it's accessible. And you say, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do this tonight in a regular Vegas. Let's go to a ball game. So I don't know. I, I, but it's intriguing to me. Yeah, uh, good takes, and uh, we'll continue to talk about it because there's, there are actually some more interesting developments in Vegas. But I, I must be a your- Monte Carlo guy, right? You you prefer Monte Carlo over Vegas, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I or, or Macau. He likes Zawatnejo. I mean, if you're talking about going to Monte Carlo and sitting on the beach and watching scenery, absolutely, I'm uh, I, I'm in. But. Um, but no, I'm not a I'm not a gambler. It's never really held a whole lot for me. So, and I'm not a you know I'm not a big Vegas show uh, type of guy. Although my uh, wife and daughters went uh, a few years ago and um, and uh, went to see uh, their longtime idol Britney Spears, um, and, and they came back raving about just the whole experience. So I'm probably missing a lot, but it's just not my deal. Well, you know, it's funny because I'm not a gambler and I don't love the strip in general, but I got to see Elton John in a small theater. I got to see John Fogarty in a small theater. Uh, I saw Cirque du Soleil, which was the, one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. And I have friends that live in Vegas who said going to see U2 in the Sphere was like the best concert they've ever seen. So you can, you can, the cool thing about Vegas is you have mountains, you have outdoor activities. You have a lot of things you can do other than gamble. And, and now you have great restaurants as well, which didn't used to be the case. So you can have a lot of fun in Vegas without gambling a dollar. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if that's the case, if people really go out there and take advantage of the mountains and take advantage of, you know, some of these other, you know, these other things, then they're going to go to baseball games. I mean, yep. just think about it. There's all the, you know, all the people who go to Vegas who are, you know, uh, I mean, don't have to be Oakland A's fans. I think you're going to see, see, uh, you know, not a great home field advantage all the time in Las Vegas because, you know, Minnesotans are going, hey, hey let's go watch the Twins in Vegas and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll gamble part of it and we'll, uh, we'll watch games. I, it's, it's kind of intriguing to me. They could have, they could have a, a, a full stadium on visiting uh, team fans a, a lot of the time. You know, you guys talked me into it. I think it's going to work. Baseball is going to work in Vegas. We established it here in the last five minutes. Uh, Good stuff, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks to Brandon Morton, our producer. We'll talk to you next week.